0: everybody and Hello. welcome to another episode of Gateway to Cinema, the spin-off of the far more popular podcast Reboot Already Underway, the Queer Eye for the Straight Girl to the main podcast, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. What <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Sure. Spinoff. Cancelled after one season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Alright then.
0: I am of course your host, Aaron Hahn, joined us always by Jacob Lacey.
1: See, if I wasn't so sick, I was going to sing a little bit of Blue Velvet for you. But do it,
0: do it, even though you are sick. Just give, give me your breath.
1: I can't, I can't do. I, I don't know what to do. Should I do like the Lana Del Rey version? Should I go like, you know, the, the See, classical? Do whatever
0: fits your fits your sick voice. She wore blue <laughs> <laughs> velvet.
1: What are you doing to me, Aaron? <laughs> um, what, is, what are these selections of films you mean, you've been picking why, up? Here? Why am I
0: exposing you to great cinema? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that is one. that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, we are once again talking about one of the films from the list of 100 movies I made for Lacey to watch. Films that are interesting introductions to the large world of cinema. Yes. You're you're interested, aren't you? I'm interested. You're 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 interested in movies. This you were before, but this movie now now you're there. Now you're interested.
1: I would seen Avengers Age of or Age of Ultron. I'd seen Avengers Infinity War three days ago, and even that I was like, yeah, I just don't see like a future in this movie thing. But then I watched Blue Velvet, and I'm like, movies. I get it now.
0: The medium just clicked for me. Because uh, (laughs) a David Lynch film, everyone. Here we are. So, We're back. We're back on it. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, you've gotta start it off with your initial uh, impressions. I knew nothing what about. She thought going about in. it going in. Yeah. yeah,
1: I knew nothing about it. So I was like, "Here we go." It's a David Lynch film. I know I'm gonna be uh, utterly confused. Um, now that being said, this film has somehow both Mo, Mo, I can't speak right now, I'm sorry, I'm like sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of it, Aaron. Um, (laughs) this film is somehow more coherent and less coherent than Mulholland Drive at the same time. (laughs) And I, like, the way I can explain it is that, like, this film has a through line, like, there's an underlying mystery, I suppose. There's, there's like a, actual story to it but nothing that happens in the story makes much sense at all <laughs> and feels dreamlike in the strangest ways in the way that i'm assuming only a david lynch film can i was gonna say welcome
0: to uh welcome to the world of david lynch like that's yeah. that's his thing yeah, That's his thing. There's the dream-like quality of... You I, I, I can't even describe his films, man, man. No. But yeah, why'd you put it on the list? <laughs> <laughs> I've put it on the list because I love David Lynch's style, man. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, You already knew this, because yeah, yeah. Mulholland Drive, my number three... Movie of all time, Mm -hmm. and this one's not quite as good as *Mulholland Drive*. It's not quite at that level. No, *Mulholland Drive* is amazing. Just, I love the way David Lynch sees the world. You know, okay, it's just his his films are truly like the work of a madman. (laughs) That might be the best word for it, but yeah, like, like no one else makes films quite like this. Like, there's there's certainly surreal films out there, and the like, yeah. But there's no one with quite the quite the same like the the way his just like fixations manifest into these just weird surreal yet really emotionally moving like the weirdest ways it's yeah it's beautiful i I love it
1: yeah it's... when i when i finished the movie david was like oh how's the movie i'm like i don't know what possesses this man when he makes a film all i know is that it's very strange they're always very strange <laughs> but i always enjoy them like i've never been like this sucks There's, like, maybe a few scenes in this one that I'm like, okay, this isn't... Like, Mulholland Drive, I'm riveted throughout the whole thing. That is... that is The film is a puzzle box with Mulholland Drive, where this is, like, less a puzzle box and more, like... The pieces are there. Maybe I'd say jigsaw puzzle, almost. I'm making, like, a puzzle comparison for some reason. But, uh... No, go for it. Make make your analogy. But, like, you know, like, you have the picture on the box. You're like, this is what it's supposed to look like. And all of the pieces just don't fit together. (laughs) Like, Like, they cut them. They cut each different version of the puzzle in different ways and then took one piece from each, like, production of the puzzle and put them all in one box. And it was like, here you go put it together so
0: yeah that' that's quite the analogy thank you thank you but again I, I don't know how one would try to describe a David Lynch <laughs>
1: <film>.
0: <laughs> so I suppose the question is did you like it um yeah I'd still say I, I liked
1: it I I was expecting more, I guess, from because having seen Mulholland Drive, really enjoying Mulholland Drive. Um, I expected maybe a little bit more, and I was kind of a little disappointed about that. I'm like, yeah, this is good. It's just it never hit that like, what is happening? Like in Mulholland Drive, where everything is just always twisting every few seconds. In this movie, there's no like major twist I guess like there is but at the same time it's like okay like sure
0: I mean I wasn't really
1: I didn't really care that much about that specific thread I guess anyway so I'm like okay I guess that this is the twist is fine so I don't know I, I still say I liked it still would probably watch it again um so yeah
0: I mean, I think this is a film that kind of demands repeat viewings, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the same way that Mulholland Drive does. I definitely do think it's a bit of a disservice to watch this film after Mulholland Drive, Mm -hmm. because like, David Lynch, I think, all of his films, or at least all the films I've seen so far, plus uh, the TV shows, they're All definitely unique, but there are certain, like, through lines Mm -hmm. where you can kind of see, like, he's almost continually making the same movie over and over again and just, like, revising it and revising it. So it almost feels in many ways like some of his films are the rough draft for later films. And especially with blue velvet you see a lot of the stuff in blue velvet reemerging in like not only Mohan drive but in like twin peaks especially okay so but i don't so i do think it's kind of not quite the same experience to watch in reverse cuz this came out 1986 and mohan drive came out in 2001 so like there would be a 15 year gap between the two but yeah We're now watching that in the reverse order, and so I don't think it works quite as well that way. But I still love the movie. All right. So let's let's dig into it. If you have not seen the film, recommended by the both of us. If you have seen the film, or just don't care, we'll talk about now a little in depth with spoilers.
1: Nothing. (laughs) Go. Nothing could have prepared me for what that man saw in that apartment.
0: <laughs> Dennis you Hopper, man. Like the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time he, he breaks in? Yeah.
1: Dennis Hopper, man, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he goes for it. That's for sure. He, yeah, that he does. I just don't know if he hits it. Is the problem? Maybe he does. Maybe that's the problem. He hits it too much.
0: <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, uh... we're being a bit vague here, and I have no idea what we're referring to anymore. Oh. You mean like the like the performance? The performance, yeah. You're, you're not quite sure if it's the like the right. Just nothing it's certainly hitting
1: something. <laughs> just nothing could have prepared me <laughs> for it. <laughs> to see Dennis Hopper say and do the things he does <laughs> in this
0: movie. Do you, do you want? Do you want to give us a give us a play by play? I don't. Do you want to. Re- I don't. I really do not.
1: <laughs> it was one of those like secondhand embarrassment kind of moments where I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, ooh, "Ooh, yikes,
0: yucky." You know, to each their own. Well, not. I didn't his like problem that. is the lack of consent part. Yeah. Like, like if he wasn't holding her family hostage. Right. You could do the things, it be like, okay.
1: Yeah, no, that's, I'm not you, saying... Do you,
0: Dennis Hopper.
1: I'm not saying that's the character. Where we draw the I'm saying for Dennis Hopper doing that performance. Because I don't think he's ever doing it well enough to sell it, if that makes sense. Like, it's just, it's like, it's good enough that it's like, this is a fine performance, but at the same time, it's never like, I don't question this. This is just a thing that's happening. It's always like Dennis Hopper. What? <laughs> I, I I I don't
0: know. I kind of like that about Lynch's films, where there's almost always like this weird. There's something just to touch off with the actors. Yeah, yeah. Where he he never lets you get fully immersed. He always wants you to be aware that you're watching a movie and you're watching actors. So I kind of I kind of like that aspect. I I like. That were never quite sold on any of the people as people, it just adds to, like the weird you just always feel some kind of detachment from the action while also feeling very involved in very interesting ways okay i can I can see that I guess
1: I just. <sighs> Also, Kyle Kyle McLaughlin, guy who plays Jeffrey, uh, yep. lets out a good old Tommy Wiseau at one point in this movie. <laughs> he says one line, and it sounded exactly like Tommy. And I was like, "What? <laughs> I'm like, what's happening?" Which line? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I had it, and then I lost it. But yeah, it's uh um, it's not like a big line. It's just like so. I'm like, why? <laughs> like so? It's like like a question. Like, he's, like, being whiny about it and, like, the way Tommy Wiseau is in the room. But why? Mm. But why, Kelly? Or whatever. Also, let me just say, as always, every time I get the chance, Laura Dern, National Treasure.
0: Indeed.
1: God, I love Laura Dern. She's so good. As soon as I saw she was in this movie, I'm like, "It's all I need. I I love this movie. So, (laughs) if you need that as my recommendation... If you love Laura Dern, watch
0: the movie. She's in a, a lot of David Lynch's stuff. Really? They're close. What else? I'm trying to think which specific ones. There's a lot of his films I haven't seen yet that I want to get to, and I think she's, she's in... in mainly in those ones. But Blue Velvet is the number one of them. Twin Peaks. Apparently. Yeah, she was in the revival of Twin Peaks, not the original Uh, series, but the one they just did.
1: I don't know what any other of his movies are, so I don't know why I'm looking this up, but...
0: (laughs) It it doesn't matter, but... Yeah.
1: Anyway. Love Laura Dern. She's great. She is great. There's just certain lines that I don't think I'll ever be able to unhear. <laughs> I don't know that it's, like, disgusting. It's just like, why'd you have to phrase it like that, man?
0: <laughs> and, and
1: I don't know if I can <laughs> say what one of them is on the podcast. I'll say it. And if I need to bleep it or cut it, Aaron, you'll let me know. But when um, when she shows up at his house naked, and she's like, his he put his poison in me, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, interesting, interesting way to phrase that. <laughs> is that what we're calling it now? In 82 or 86, I don't know. Yeah,
0: there is that really, there is a really <laughs> weird thing going on in the movie, because then there's, of course, some other scene where uh, her and Kyle McLaughlin have sex they and then afterwards out. she's just like i keep you inside of me i need it to like <laughs> fight him off or something like okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, like there's this different lynch is very concerned with like these battles of good and versus evil yeah. like happening on these weird in these weird scales yeah but i don't want to think about that particular battle of uh good versus evil yeah going on so anyway <laughs> um
1: i i i this it's just again another one of those movies where like there's probably something so deep, so metaphorical about a lot of stuff in this movie. I just don't know what it is yet, man. I I haven't had the time with it. I just finished this before we started to sit down to record these podcasts. I'm sure that um, I can't remember his name now, but the uh, lady he stalks, basically. Let me look. Her, let me look up the character's name, uh, Dorothy Valens. hmm She's probably uh, symbolic. She, she has some symbolism to her. I'm assuming.
0: Well, there's kind of like the whole. I mean, the whole film is essentially kind of like this discovery of like this seedy underworld and, and about like the contrast between like the kind of like wholesome suburbia world that we're think we're in at first and like this dark world of these you know of these other characters. Yeah. And then we kinda we obviously have the contrast where his two love interests, we have of course, the like blonde girl next door, and then mm-hmm. we have this Laura who's yeah.
1: Why would you Why would you want to be with anyone other than Laura Dern?
0: Oh, well, you know because it's 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 about the Aaron being Aaron, dro- being Aaron. torn Aaron. between Aaron. these two worlds. Aaron,
1: man. Aaron, she's Laura <laughs> Dern. <laughs> All right, she's America's sweetheart, and I'm not letting anyone tell me otherwise. That's just my two cents about it.
0: That's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. um, I'm I'm glad you solved that conflict. Lynch is building this huge complex web of, you know, like, all these these factors and, like, these are the seductive factors and these are the, you know, whatever. And and, and Lacey just solves it. Yeah. Because Laura Dern.
1: Here's the thing. If you wanted to to do that,
0: every time she fired her blaster. In Star Wars The Last she's Jedi. Just, so I, I don't know how you're going to find anyone more perfect. She's just Kyle a Mike sweetheart. What, what are you doing? I
1: don't know. <laughs> that's the thing. If he, if he wanted to do that. If he wanted to have the whole conflict. He should have cast someone else. Not someone who's like so sweet. Like I can't think of a more
0: sweet person.
1: In I movies mean, right now. But
0: that's like the point. She's supposed to be that <laughs> sweet girl. She's supposed yeah. to be so far, so far removed from this other this dark, this twisted, this perverse world. That's how McLaughlin finds himself drawn into. I keep on referring to him as Kyle McLaughlin because I don't remember his character did, uh, his name. Jeremy Jeffrey or Jeffrey. Jeffrey? It's a Jer of some sort. It's, 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 it's a, a, a Jeffrey. Jeff- yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm glad, you, glad you solved. Yeah. You've solved these problems. But, I mean, there is also this quality in all of Lynch's works and in this film where it's you can't not enter that dark world in some form. Right, right, right. Like, you have to be able to confront the evil in order to overcome it. It's not a matter of just ignoring it. It's that you have to face it and conquer it. And they have, like, that whole... Obviously, Lordurn has her whole speech about like the the butterflies and everything, and about the or the, the robins. Uh, the
1: robins, Aaron. Not some some Lynch fan we've got over here <laughs> doesn't doesn't well, even know about those creepy else, those creepy robins at the end of the film that the are robins. so terrifying that I'm like, but there,
0: it's it's a sign that goodness has entered the world. It can't be. It he can't be
1: conquered. There has to be some. <laughs> They're just so creepy that I almost feel like Lynch is like No, it's still there. Like yeah, the Robins may be coming, but the Robins are so ugly that you have to look at that for the rest of your life. <laughs> just saying.
0: Right, Lynch, is that what you're saying? That's yeah, you cracked it. You cracked it once again. You're just, you're just solving all the solving all the mysteries. You're 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 unraveling the blue velvet. Yeah. Podcast done. T- Gateway to Cinema done. We're not even going through the rest of the list. We, we've we cracked cinema.
1: Did he we've start with the song and then wrote a movie around it? Or did he write a movie and then was like, I guess Blue Velvet works pretty good here?
0: I think... Well, I mean, it, it's not like it's based on the song. I mean, no, it's not. It, it's just kind but of it's... like it's everywhere <laughs> oh, yeah well i mean he's kind of using it as another expression of that contrast between like this pristine this very mm-hmm. comforting world and like the darkness underneath mm-hmm. so yeah. and then it's it's not um it's not blue velvet but it's the other song it's uh in dreams yeah. where they have the it has like again that like Calming, comfortable quality. But then you have know, that scene where Dennis Hopper starts like saying the do- the he does, lyrics back to him. He does and a Dennis Hopper thing. Yeah. So it's it's like the same effect where it's like you can be reading this in two ways, and I think Blue Velvet has the same effect, just made less explicit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, this is something that bothered me while I was watching it, and it might just be a joke. It might just have been a setup for a joke, and it's like, okay, that's it. That's all it was. But part of me wants to believe that David Lynch didn't just do it for a joke. Like, there has to be something, you know what I mean? Okay. About the whole Heineken thing. He's like, oh, I drink Heineken. Oh, Heineken. You never had Heineken? Oh, I love Heineken. Oh, yeah, Heineken's so good. And I'm like, is this product placement? But then she talks about another beer. I'm like, okay, so then they probably wouldn't have gone for that. And then later, he's like, oh, I drink Heineken. And then the bad guy's are like, oh, Heineken's awful. Pap's Blue Ribbon. <laughs> I cracked up on the line. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really funny, but also like, what? <laughs> it's like the strangest joke ever.
0: I I don't know I haven't I didn't like read up on like what the idea is behind that. Let's line. crack it. So I don't know if it's something more. Aaron
1: yeah. Aaron, let's crack it right now. What's your best theory?
0: Let's go. I think that uh, David Lynch is just making us aware of his favorite beers by, you know, he's he's doing the same kind of good evil. Duality. Mm-hmm. What he's just doing with yeah. beers now. So the bad he part of him. How much he hates blue ribbon. The I
1: thought it was like the bad part of him inside of him. He's like the bad person inside of him. The little devil on his shoulder says, buy that pap's blue ribbon," and he's like, "No, I want a Heineken." He's like, "Heineken, Heineken's for babies. You want a, you want a pap's blue ribbon. <laughs> Suck it up, boy. But but you don't." You don't, man. But that's what the devil... No, you definitely don't want a Pabst Blue Ribbon. You don't, man. do not want that. (laughs) To be fair, I would not want a Heineken either. To be fair, I don't like beer. So... Same. Give me me a Red's Apple Ale. Give me a Not Your Father's Root beer. Give me a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Give Give me a... Give me a... Give me a... Give me a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Maybe a little bit of flavor. Give me a little bit of watermelon in there. Maybe put a little post Malone in there.
0: <laughs> anyway. Look at that, we've we've transcended Lynch's world. We're in a whole nother level. We're yeah. on the level of Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my
1: God. Lynch is still alive, right? Yep. What's he doing? What's he
0: up to these days? I mean, he directed all 18 episodes of the Twin Peaks revival. Oh, so okay. That, that's why some people consider it a movie. Like, apparently there's this huge debate on Letterboxd.com over people who want to be like, this 18-hour miniseries is a movie. And people are like, no, it's a miniseries. <laughs> so, Where do you know. fall on that? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I've been I've been waiting. Oh it's, it's, no! It's, it's, it's gonna be my graduation gift to myself. Oh, you know? gonna <laughs> yeah, get, get it on Blu-ray. But like, good job, Aaron. All right. All right. I like it. Should I watch Twin Peaks? You should definitely watch Twin Peaks. It is one of the greatest TV shows ever made. But it's 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 still very. I don't even know how to describe it, because it's very Lynchian, but it's also, it's like doing this weird thing where it's like half soap opera, so it's not always weird, it's just like, (laughs) the most tonally, like, bizarre, like, it's not like it's, like, jarring, right? but it's like... It's somehow, ma- I don't know how it manages the transitions it does between tones. It's, it's truly a masterpiece. All right. What do we think
1: about... <clears throat> about the candle. It's dark now. Oh no, we we haven't even talked about the big reveal of the movie. That bigger... the well dressed man is just Dennis Hopper. I'm like, how is that a reveal?
0: <laughs> it's about the disguises, man. I guess it's about that's hiding. Yeah, you gotta you gotta hide underneath. Just like just like he is hiding underneath. This wholesome society. He's see the city underbelly of society, right? And he hides He's his, to kinks. Hide his evilness under his his well dressed, right. well dressed
1: man. Now, evil has to
0: hide its face, man.
1: I don't know why. This is uh, maybe a minor gripe with uh, main character. Kind of dumb when he when Dennis Hopper goes in to shoot him in the room. Uh, run. Like that's a possibility. Don't just stand there, and wait some more. Like you had the perfect opportunity. Whatever. It's probably symbolic. I probably sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. People who love Lynch films love Lynch films, and they're like, "Oh, I know all. I know all the things. This is this stands for this. This stands for this." And so to anyone who's like looking for real discussion, I hope you're not, because that's not what this show is, and never has been, really. So I'm sorry.
0: Check out our thoughts on uh, Big Lebowski last week. We (laughs) certainly talked about the movie at some point, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Still not sure.
1: It's dark now.
0: It's light now, the robins have returned.
1: Oh, oh, oh! Those scary robins. The, the the scary robins. The robins that, if I were to see in real life, I'd probably cry. <laughs> like, why does it look like that? It's so obviously like I don't know if it's like some kind of animatronic, some sort of puppet, or something. Uh, but either way, it might have just been a stuffed robin. Um, so, like, he picks up that ear in the middle of the field.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he goes. And he finds, like, a little bag, which, number one, how did he find a bag? Number two.
0: He just have a bag.
1: <laughs> it's his lunch bag. That wasn't his bag, though. He just no, found it. No, that wasn't. <laughs> He just goes and finds a bag and I'm like, oh, he's gonna use because
0: it. Because it's a dream, man. Dream.
1: To, to a dream to walk around anywhere and find a bag at a moment's notice. No, it's it's like it's
0: like that thing in a dream where you're just like, Oh, oh. I need a bag and then there's a bag.
1: No, I gotcha, I gotcha. It's I thought extreme. you I thought you said that's the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> that is the American dream yeah, for, yeah. for a bag. And put a bag it to hold your supper in. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite. American dream is where we can have bags everywhere, you know, like choking pelicans and seagulls and stuff. Yeah, that that's the American dream. The American dream. If I can't choke a seagull with my plastic, what am I here for? That's that's true freedom. That's true that's true freedom. The only way to truly know freedom is to take freedom away from a lesser creature. <laughs> like the freedom to live <laughs> or fly.
0: <laughs> now you're now now you now you're thinking like a lynch world. You know, into it. I mean, you're not on the right side of it, but, you know. Hey. MAGA, am I right?
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not right. <laughs> um, I was going to say something else about a robin, but... Oh, no, the bag. So he picks up the bag, and I'm like, oh, he's going to use the bag to pick up the ear. He doesn't. He bends over and picks up the ear with his bare hands and puts it in the bag. And I'm like, dude, you you had something to pick it up with right there. So let me just save that for later.
0: <laughs> let No, go. You know, the, the, the symbolism is more important than the forensics, you know? Right, 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 right. Also, Robin's eating a bug. Because the bugs... In the beginning, they went underneath the grass because they're the, the they see the underbelly. Yeah, Dennis Hopper is a bug.
1: He is a bug. Robin's eating the bug, but the bug. he didn't eat it all the way. Maybe the robin and the bug are in cahoots. Maybe it's about the moral gray life in area area in life. I don't. I know how words work. Maybe it's about how maybe the. The bird and the bug are going to work together to overthrow humanity. Okay, now now you're going too far, man. Where is where is you my blue have... velvet too? War of the Birds. <laughs> it, it it's called Wings versus Feats. All right, we need to stop. <laughs> this is devolved. So, Aaron, where'd you rank
0: this on your list? Uh I have this thirty-four. Oh. Uh, oh. behind the big Lebowski, ahead of Stranger Than Fiction. Mm. Hmm. So I really I really like this movie, but I like Mulholland Drive so much better. And yeah. I think that everything I get out of this movie, I get out Mulholland Drive more.
1: Okay. I see that. Let me see what I got here for you. Sorry, I I always forget to add them to the list until we've already started. Just because I'm like, I want it to be a surprise, you know? Uh, Blue Velvet, let's see. Hmm. 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 I'll put it number 29. Behind Attack the Block. Ahead of The Fly. Oh hey, two nineteen eighty six movies. <laughs> Bad year for movies. Just kidding. Yeah, yep, yeah, just the worst. The worst year ever. <laughs> so that's it, Aaron. That is it. You know. Tell me what I'm watching next week, because I know how. <laughs> I just tell me what I'm watching. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I was trying to find another connection. Hmm. Well, for some reason, there's two house invasion movies coming out in a row, apparently. Because this week we oh, have yeah. Breaking In. Yeah, 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 I know which that is one. Kind of a reverse home oh, invasion, but it's like oh, yeah, that's poor planning. But anyway, I saw that they're making a film adaptation of The Seagull. That's coming out in limited release this week. I don't know what that is, but okay. It's it's an old uh, play. Okay. So I figured we would look at a film that's based on a play. And since I don't know how we're going to get you access to A Few Good Men, I figured we would look at Macbeth. Okay. From 2015. That sounds perfect. And there is a very specific reason why Macbeth is on this list, which we will talk about next week.
1: I mean, I
0: think I might be able to
1: guess... You and I, we have a shared experience with Macbeth.
0: No, it's not not that. It's not that, okay. It's not that. But, yeah, we're we're probably going to get into that next week as well. Does it, does it,
1: I just, now I'm really curious. Does it involve something in the movie for why it's on the list? Like, specifically just the movie version?
0: It's, yeah, specifically this movie version. There's a reason why I put this on the list, where if I were making the list now... It would not be on there. Hmm. It, it's, not, it's not like a big thing. Don't, okay. don't even bother trying to guess it. Oh <laughs> we'll my. talk about it next week. I'm interested. But until then, if you want to find us on bit web, you can find Lacey at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. You can find him at Jake Lace on Tumblr. Uh, you can find David from the main podcast on the web at DBEX15 on Twitter. Bucks with two S's. If you want to find me around the web, you can find me at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. Find me at this clever blog name. already sort of taken. Tumblr dot com. Hopefully, Infinity War review will be up soon. But I gotta finish schoolwork. Uh, if you want to find the podcast around the web, you can find us at Reboot Underway on Twitter. You can give us a like on Facebook. You can check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. And leave us a good review if you like what we say. So next week. Macbeth. I'm interested. Don't not think it. Don't say it. Bye-bye,
1: man. Bye, man. man you really drag that one out as long as you take it. Like, oh, All yeah.
0: right. <laughs> oh, yeah.